So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field. And Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle. Hits to his right. Gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks his third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96 yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Swings down the sideline. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good! Click, click, boom! What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back, guys. We are here to bring you guys our preview show of the 49ers upcoming matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Guys, this is a huge game, huge, huge, huge playoff implications here on the line, and we can't wait to break this thing down, man. We've been doing some listening. We've been doing some talking, some thinking amongst ourselves, and I think we got a special show here for you guys tonight. I think all our shows are special, but this one I'm a little bit more juiced about. So hope you guys enjoy what we have in store for you guys. Now, you guys already know who I am. I'm your guy, 49ers Mike underscore NFL to my right. My guy, Tony, he is NJ Niner fan 499. Tony, what's going on with you, big bro? How you feeling, man? No, I'm just a little tired. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's not because you, I, whatever. Um, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes. Day, uh, day after. Hope you had a good day with your families and stuff. Uh, Yeah, we're going to touch on this game today. Like you said, there's a lot of playoff implications with this and, um, it's going to be uh, interesting once we start getting into it. Got you. Got you. I mean, you know, uh, we're going to break this all down, but let's go through these formalities that everybody hates, and then we're going to jump into the good stuff, <laughs> all right? So, guys, if this is your first time here, you happen to stumble across this or whatever, if you've never been on our YouTube show, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. And if you do, you should subscribe, okay? And then after you subscribe, you should turn on your notifications so you know exactly where we're going live. So this show tonight would, did not come with a three-hour, four-hour Heads up. This one was hit start and then get ready. Uh, so you're going to have to make sure those notifications are turned on. Okay. We also do impromptu shows with breaking news and things like that. We were close to doing a breaking news because I got some news that I was really excited about uh, concerning the team, but we didn't do it. But when we do, those notifications are what's going to save you. So make sure they're turned on and then hit that like button. It's going to help other people who like shows similar to what you like will show up in the little algorithms that will help other people find it. So please like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. We have some different um, social media platforms that we want you guys to give us a follow on, Twitter and Snapchat. Those handles are nothing but nine. That's the number nine, nothing but nine, E-R-S. All right, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. That is nothing but Niners. It's spelled all the way out, no numbers in there. Okay, uh, we have an email if you guys want to send us questions, comments, suggestions for the show, some suggested guests or something like that you want us to talk to. Let us know, man. We'll, we'll do it. We'll reach out to people. Okay, NB9ERS 
at nothingbutniners.com. And then last but certainly not least is our Patreon, guys. Patreon.com slash NB9ERS. Tony, man, you need some Red Bull or something over there, bro. I see you. I see you going through it. I got my Red Bull in the cup over here, so I'm ready to rock out. Um, I, I, you know, we normally don't go this late, um, but what happened was I have a, a, a friend of mine I haven't seen in years. Uh, he's in town from Florida, and he was like, Mike, what you doing? And I work today like crazy. So I just got to hang out with him for like three or four hours, and we're here to, to, do, to do the show. So West Coast people, I mean, you guys are sitting here. You're chilling. You're rocking. Uh, East Coast guys, it's a little late. It's almost tomorrow. It's almost tomorrow. So, Tony, thanks for, for sticking with it, man. I really do appreciate it, all right? Um, we got to start with the injury update, man. We got to start with the injury update. Now, I did not get to see Shanahan's presser that just went off like a couple hours ago. I didn't see that one. Uh, but the previous one I saw, and he said a couple of things that excited me. This is what I almost did the breaking news video for. And the two big names that were getting back, supposedly, I don't know if he changed his mind. I don't know if it changed uh, in the last presser. D Ford. Yeah, I said it. D Ford and Dre Greenlaw. Tony, if these guys are back, what does that mean for the 49ers? It means a lot. You're adding another rotational edge rusher to the mix. Um, instead of if we were in our base, you got three great starting, well, three high caliber starting linebackers and Warner, Greenlaw, and Aziz. Aziz stepped in and played pretty damn well while Greenlaw was down. Um, so now your base defense just got stronger and your nickel defense, meaning third third down packages got stronger. So it's, you know, it's something good to have right now going into this part of this, uh, this stretch of the schedule. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, this the, this 49ers team, man, they've come out and they've, they've you know, I, I hate saying like the, the cheesy lines impose their will, but that's kind of what they've been doing, man. They, they're getting to this, you know, People have been saying bully ball, uh, this physical brand of football uh, where Jimmy Garoppolo is operating with precision. The run game is is just churning. You know, uh, it's it's this relentless run game, too. It's not even like anything phenomenal. We don't have the 70, 80 yard runs anymore. We don't even have like the 50 yard runs anymore. Right. But it's mm. it's like, you know, 10 yards is the big one, 12 yards is the big one. Uh, but we're going to, you know, three and four yards you to death until you guys do something to stop it. You know, uh, and it, it's very, very impressive. Um, you're seeing, you know, Jimmy look good. The team is trending in the right direction at the important time of the year. All right. And so then when you get reinforcements back on all sides of the ball, um, it's really important, you know, and I don't know about any, were there any uh, guys coming back from the offensive side of the ball? Uh, Mitchell, um, Mitchell, they were saying that they were going to evaluate his finger today. So Kyle probably discussed that. I don't know if Mitchell's going to be back. I think he's uh, listed as questionable. Oh, that's good. That's very good because I believe he was doubtful earlier. So uh, that's good. Uh, that means it's a step in the right direction. I know they were saying they were trying to look at his finger and see how it was going to be. So that's that's even better. Um, and then, like you said, the base defense gets a boost, and then the nickel packages get a gets a boost. Yeah. Um, and then with the emergence of Arden Key, you add that to the mix and the rotation, man. This 49ers defensive line could give us some of what they envisioned all along at the beginning of the season. Uh, and that's exciting going down the stretch. Let these guys get better, you know. And I don't expect to see A-plus Dre Greenlaw 
or A plus D4. No. Because they're going to have to get back into the rhythm of the game and things like that. But imagine what they're going to look like three games from now. Yeah. No. Of course, you're right. That's damn exciting, man. That's damn exciting, man. It really, really is. Um, So I believe that's all I have on the injury front for you guys. Uh, But we're going to talk about a couple of different things here. Now, the holidays just passed. I'm going to play this clip. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Kyle Shanahan said something that I just thought was hilarious. Uh, And this was on a KNBR interview. And he was talking about, you know what? Let me me make sure this isn't sped up. And I'm just going to hit play and let you guys hear what Kyle Shanahan had to say. And then I'm going to ask you guys a question. Here we go. I always I, I tell her um, I give a story to our players every Thanksgiving about um, watch out for Uncle Keith and my uncle's really not named Keith but <laughs> I always I, I say he is and it's everyone has an uncle or a brother-in-law yep. or someone yep. who is here for the weekend yep. who every time you get home is waiting to play cards waiting to have some cigars yep. a couple drinks and he's on vacation right and yep. and I we are not do not let Uncle Keith ruin your career <laughs> and because they will and it's a lot of these guys. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to stop it there. So, all right, I know for a fact Kyle's not talking about me. But damn, cards, you you guys have seen me on a Saturday night. Remember we were doing the Midnight Madness series and I was out at my buddy's house and that's I'm literally playing cards, drinking scotch and smoking cigars. Guys, I'm Uncle Keith. I am an Uncle Keith. Like when my family comes over for the holidays and all that stuff, that's exactly what I'm looking forward to doing. I want to sit down. I want to smoke. I want to play some cards so we can talk junk. I want to have a nice drink and relax. Tony, when your family gathers, are you the Uncle Keith? Uh, I could be. I could be. Yeah. I wonder, like, if you're an Uncle Keith and you're in this chat, if, if you fit that description, just say me or I'm Uncle Keith because I'm definitely Uncle Keith, man. <laughs> now, what does it take for you to become an Uncle Keith? Um... What do you mean? What does it take? What do I do? Well, for example, right? Like if I if I'm on the clock, I can't become the whole Uncle Keith. I just got to be a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can't I can't go all out. So the situation has to be right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know you work 16s, right? Yeah. I can imagine that you're probably not Uncle Keith the night before 16. So no. what's the situation like for you to become the Uncle Keith? I'll be Kyle Uncle Keith. About? I'll be an Uncle Keith my first night off when somebody else has to go to work the next morning. Mm. Like something like that. Like, yo, come on. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Because I know I don't have to get up. <laughs> so I'm good. So, yeah, that, that's where I become the Uncle Keith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, it's, it's pretty – I'm a 24-year-old Theo Keith. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> David, that is funny, man. I'm Uncle Keith's uncle. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, man. You know, and like, it's cool, man. Everybody, everybody's got them. You know, we, there's always that person at every family gathering, just wanting to keep going, wanting to keep going. It's like, guys, like I got to put the kids to bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the other thing too. Like, it depends on if I have the whole squad with me. All right. If I'm at my dad's house, my dad and his wife have this house and there's like five, six bedrooms. We, I can turn into uncle Keith there because if I get to uncle Keith, this I can crash there. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm at my mom's house and it's her and she's in her two bedroom, I can't turn into Uncle Keith because I don't want to sleep on the floor. You know what I'm saying? So um, the situation has to be right. But guys, listen, whether you're an Uncle Keith or you have an Uncle Keith or maybe no one in your family is like that, that's fine. But we do truly hope 
that you guys enjoyed the holidays and continue to do so. This is the time of year where there are people who just can't wait to turn up. If you're that person, I applaud you. If you're not that person, I applaud you. And if you're one of those people where the holidays seem to be a negative time or you start feeling down and sad and things like that, guys, take it easy. Um, you know, just weather the storm. Okay, we, we're going to be hoping for everyone's mental wellness and things like that. So you guys don't uh, don't go out there and <laughs> I got an Aunt Keith. Does that count? Yes. In my family, <laughs> there's a lot of Aunt Keiths. <laughs> we got to come up with a different name for Aunt Keith, though. Yeah. Um, what, what's what's a K name? Aunt, Aunt Katie? Aunt Kathy? What's what's the, what's the K version of Keith? Kim. <laughs> Aunt Kim. Oh, that's funny. Oh, you better hope she doesn't see this show. <laughs> <laughs> that's good tony i like that man i like that a lot man oh aunt kim there you go so guys man let's jump into this tony i have this whole thing here um you know what i'm gonna do i'm actually gonna take a picture of this and then send you a screenshot so you know where we're going and you can keep up with me uh throughout the show uh this is what we're going to be discussing not not particularly in this order but this is going to be on the itinerary for today all right, so I've just I just sent you a text message, mm-hmm. um, and I want to talk about this upcoming matchup, man. Um, there's there's a lot of different places that we can start. Um, no, 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 Aunt Karen is not. No, no, we can't even do Karens anymore. Like that's it's so bad, man. The word the name I have I have a, a god sister named Karen, and I haven't talked to her since like the Karen name did what it did. Uh, but I, I want to, because I know me, the first thing I want to ask her is, so how do you feel about your name? Like, I want to ask her, now that Karen became like a negative thing, you know what I'm saying? She's really Karen. I want to know, like, how she feels about it and all. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, before we get into the Vikings so much, I want to talk about this 49ers team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know about the things that we've seen these last two weeks. Uh, is it sustainable? Okay. So what we're going to do, we're going to discuss a little bit of um, perception. Yeah, let's do this. Perception versus reality. Now we've done this before on the show. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. But I want to know if some of this stuff that we've been seeing is sustainable. All right. Um, We've seen the 49ers two games in a row now, no turnovers. That wasn't the norm for the 49ers. Uh, we've seen turnovers on defense. That wasn't the norm for us earlier this year. The wide receivers all of a sudden don't know how to drop a pass. That wasn't the norm. Brandon Ayuk was seven for seven. That wasn't the norm. This team since preseason has been dropping a ton of passes. And it's not just, you know, the, the Sherfields and the Benjamins. It was the Debo's, the Ayuk's, the Kittle's. You know, Kittle's been having drop issues. Debo's been having drop issues for years mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo and his poise, the effective passing, and he's throwing in the tight windows on certain plays. That's not – that hasn't been the norm. He didn't get the happy feet and things like that, right? If you watch that very first play of the game against the, the Jaguars, they um, they pressed Jimmy. They did a, a, a double corner blitz, and he had to lob the ball in the air to to George Kittle to, on the left sideline, right? And it wasn't just about lobbing the ball over there, right? It's one thing to throw it to him, and Kittle was like right at the line of scrimmage or a little bit beyond it, right? I'm watching the play right now. They come in off the corner. Jimmy's backpedaling, and he throws it. 
I heard Kyle Shanahan say that Kittle ran eight yards while that ball was in the air. So Jimmy threw it knowing Kittle had to keep running his route and just lock, like just touch. Perfect for him to get it, gets the first down. That's not normal Jimmy. No. That's not the Jimmy that we've come, become accustomed to. So let's break this thing down here uh, step by step. We're even going to talk about the run game and if it's sustainable, okay? So let's yeah. talk about perception versus reality. And this is all opinion. This is uh-huh. this is not fact-based or anything like that because we don't know what the future holds. Uh, so let's start with the no turnovers on offense. All right? Let's talk about the no turners, no turnovers on offense. Um, and that's a tough one because a bad throw, a tip pass, okay, those things turn into turnovers. A fumble by somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a, a pitch that doesn't go the right way. There's mm-hmm. so many different ways that you can have a turnover, and we just haven't done it in the last two games. Is that is that what we want to happen, That what we're seeing, the perception, these last two games – versus reality what's your opinion is that sustainable i mean we all hope it could be sustainable right um but i do think like you know can we can this team with the mindset and the game plan and the structure of this offense the way they've operated the last two games get through a turnover in a game i and my answer is yes because in a situation like that, what they, the way they've been coming out on their first drive is, you know, straight physicality, and we're, we're going to run the ball right down your throat, throw the ball down your throat, and we're just going to physically beat you this first possession. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel it's not only physically, it's a mindset that they're trying to establish. Um, bully ball, perfect, perfect word to describe it or phrase to mm-hmm. describe it. So – do I think we could sustain it? I would love to. Um, could I see them getting a turnover this game? Possibly. I mean, yeah, do we want it? No, but I, I just feel that this team is playing, operate, this offense is operating with a different mindset right now. And it's a lot different since that Arizona game, which I feel the reason why they lost that game was those two turnovers. And okay. the deficit that those two turnovers got them in, so it well, there were that there were three. Structure. If I'm not uh, mistaken, there were three turnovers in that game, right? Yeah, the interception was later in the game. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Corner. I see. What, but the, the first two, uh, the first two is they it killed them that game. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They were uh, they took points off the board and they scored off of them. So yeah. you gave them two extra possessions here. Uh, we don't normally do this, but I am going to answer this. I'm going to I'm going to post this question here uh, because this is specifically to you. Uh, I'll read it and then you can respond to it. Okay, uh, DJ Malone says, Tony, a bit of a weird question. Considering the offense is predicated on establishing the run for play, play action pass, would we be going? Would we be going from I formation to split backs when we're in the red zone? Um. No, I think they stay in I formation in the red zone because when you do a split back, it lessens the threat as a run. Where I formation, you have a better it, – it, it shows – you have the ability to show a better play action, right? So let, let's say if the fullback goes to the strong side tackles rear and the, the halfback goes to the weak side tackles rear, it's either going to be 
a toss to the right with the line fullback motioning under the formation, or it's going to be what they used to call. I forgot what Bill Walsh used to call it, but the you would have the split backfields like this. This would be the tailback. This would be the fullback. And at the snap, they would just run to their right uh, parallel to the line of scrimmage, and they would just run up the field. Like the end-around play. Like, almost like an end-around design. Right. Um, so I, I, I think there's a bigger threat running a play action out of the I formation because it can go right, left. It could be a toss to the right. It could be direct, like, you know, like step at 6 o'clock and hand the ball off. Right, there's, there's different variations that you could do. Yeah, we've seen them. Uh, we've seen the 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 tailback go one way, the fullback go another, and the quarterback just turns immediately, and you see the sneaky little handoff. You don't see the arm extend all the way. He can put it right in the belly of the fullback if he wants to. You know what I'm saying? Like he can he can just go that way if he wants to, or he can extend his his left hand and give it to the to the uh, tailback. You know, it depends on how they want to do it. So. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. All right, so with these turnovers, man, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my opinion on all these. Also, man, I don't think it's sustainable. No turnovers is not reality. I know that's what's happened. I know that's what's happened in the last couple of games, but I don't think that's reality. And we should not expect to go through a game without turnovers, even though that's what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Now, I do think that we can sustain and minimalize the turnovers one turnover a game is still a successful formula for winning games you know um i heard tim ryan say this crazy stat and i i haven't checked it or not but if you win the turnover battle 86 percent of the time you win the game uh so you know that's something that we have to keep in mind you know you can get one turnover but try to get two on the other side you know what i'm saying um and we saw a game where the Niners completely lost a turnover battle. I don't know if you remember. We were there, though, that Steelers game in 2019 yes. where we had was like five turnovers or something crazy. Um, and we were – what was the score at half? We were losing by three or winning by three, something like that. I think we were losing by three. And I just want to say the only reason why we were in that game is because they had Zach Root Randolph playing. What? The is, that who the, is that who the quarterback was? Yeah, Roethlisberger was Root? out that game. What's, what was what's his name? Was it Rudolph Randolph? No, Randy. Rudolph. What's that kid's name. Did I say Zach Rudolph? You said Randolph. Uh, whatever that kid's name. The run, the backup quarterback. For yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you think if Ben was in there, we would have got roasted. Huh? Got, yeah, we got into a big argument in the stands with Nick. because he was very, very inconsistent that game. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was his first game too. Was his first game, Mason Rudolph. That's it. Good job, DJ. And five, five turnovers, and still even be considered in that game was. We were very lucky, and I think we got what two or three turnovers from them. I think we got two from them. Right, we definitely lost the turnover battle. There was a three points. There was a three turnover swing. Yeah. So. That was crazy. All right. So, you know, uh, the turnover thing, I think we both agree. Do you agree with what I said? Like expecting no turnovers the rest of the year is not reality. Of course. Right. Okay. All right, cool. Um, But, you know, you want to minimize the damage. You don't want to go out there and and do anything too crazy. And you just want to try to make sure that, uh, 
you know, you're, you're getting it done the right way. So, all right. The next one on this list that I have, uh, perception versus reality, is turnovers on defense. These last couple of games, we've gotten at least two turnovers from the team, right? Yeah. I think we got two turnovers from the Rams and two turnovers from the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen um, – I don't know if they if they came up with, like, a hot word. I don't know, but I don't know. Um, the Cardinals game, I believe it was. That was who we played before the Rams, right, with the Cardinals? There was the fumble caused by – No. Was it the Cardinals? Yeah. There was, there was a fumble – I think it was the Cardinals game – it might have been the Colts game, but there was a fumble, and Fred Warner didn't dive on it, and they ended up recovering their own their that own was fumble. Part of this game, and um, you know that that ended up coming back to bite us in the ass later on. Where this last week, Norman comes in, punches the ball out, and Warner just sold out, boom, right on top yeah. of it immediately. Right? I don't know if they came out with a hot word. I got it. I hit it. Boom. Whatever. I don't know what happened, but it worked. You saw a little bit of a different effort from Warner to make sure he got on that ball this time. Um, Perception right now, two turnovers game for the 49ers. Is that reality in your opinion, Tony? Is that sustainable? Uh, I mean, I would love it. Um, You know, we got, everyone was like quick to turn the the, the page on Norman because it was in the Arizona game, but Norman leads the league and forced fumbles with six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so five or six, I don't remember exactly which one it is, but yeah, you're so right. Granted, I mean, listen, he does have his flaws. I'm not saying he's a perfect cornerback, but when you have a cornerback that has the ability to force five or six forced fumbles and add an interception to it, that's big, especially yeah. if the offense is converting on that turnover and putting points on the board. So, with that being said, um you, you want to go into the mentality thinking that you're going to get one to two, potentially three turnovers a game. You want to set the bar high and shoot for your, like, you know, stride for your goals to become, like, you know, a, a better defense where you're confident enough to go into that game saying, yeah, I, you know, if we need to play, our defense will do it. Our defense will make that play. So, yeah. you know – I'm not going to say it's going to carry on and become a consistent part of our off, our defense where we're getting three turnovers week in and uh, two turnovers week in and week out. No, I'm not going to say that yet because they still have a little more to show, but it is a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Uh, on the year, the 49ers have four interceptions, five fumble recoveries for a total of just nine turnovers. All right. Um, and, you know, if we were doing the now, keep in mind, you have four turnovers in the last two games. So clearly that's not reality, right? That's not how we've been doing things. But these last two games have changed the mindset of a lot of people. And I think rightfully so. We'll get to that in a little bit. I think rightfully so. We've um, we, we've kind of turned this corner with the defense. They're, they're, they're very focused at it, you know. And like you said, um, people were done with Josh Norman, yet here he is leading the league in forced fumbles. Uh, so, you know, there's something to it, you know, and he said, you know, I, I like when I heard him explain uh, his thought process. Um, it was every opportunity. Every time I'm out there, it's an opportunity to force a fumble. And if I get 76 attempts or 70 attempts to, to force a fumble, one of them, they got to come out. He was like, so it's just a matter of, you know, my mindset. I'm going to go after it every time I can. Um, and I like that. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's tricky. You know, the aggressiveness causes him to fall down sometimes when he's playing his guy too hard. And, you know, it'll, it'll be a completed pass. But fortunately, the team can swarm and they, they gather quickly. The safeties are playing at such a high level that if he does make a mistake going after the ball, there's someone there to clean up right away. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little off schedule here. I think two turnovers a game can be sustained for the rest of the year. Um, now, just to be clear here, if you wanted to know who's leading the team or who's leading the league in total turnovers, it's the Bills. The Bills and the Colts have 25 total turnovers. Okay? 25 total turnovers. Meanwhile, we only have nine on the year. We are one, two, three, fourth from the bottom. But who leads? Uh, who leads? Is it Norman? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Norman that leads the league in forced fumbles. Uh, I can look that up. Let me see here. NFL forced fumble leaders. Here it is, right here. Boom. And forced fumbles number one, Josh Norman with five. He's got five. He's five. So the yeah. sixth one would have been his interception for a turnover. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he has five forced fumbles and he has one interception. And he's got the pick on the year. That's right. So, I mean, that's saying something, man. That's saying something because let me tell you, he's a DB. Mm. All right. And the next closest person in the secondary is Derwin James with three with the Chargers. Um, and he's a safety. Yeah. The, the next DB on the list is Terrence Mitchell with the Texans. So, I mean, it, it's very interesting. I mean, if you want to go just corner, I'm saying DB, that encomp- encompasses them all. Yeah. Um, Avante Maddox with the Eagles has two. Yeah. Forced fumble. So, Josh Norman is doing something incredible. Normally, that role is allocated to linebackers. They're the ones that get the square up and punch the ball out right away, especially from running backs. You know, linebackers run this list. One, two, three. You know, you take away Josh Norman, the top three are linebackers. You know what I'm saying? So it's pretty impressive what he's doing, man. It's something that uh, we really should, you know, give him his credit for. I like that. I like it a lot. I do think if this offense continues to put up points the way that they're doing, teams are going to get a little bit more desperate. Uh, guys are going to try to run for a couple of extra yards instead of covering up the ball and, and going down after a, a decent game. They're going to fight for two or three more yards. That's when the ball becomes a little bit more exposed. You know, exactly. That's when we become a little bit more vulnerable. I don't think it's a coincidence that two games, 30-plus points, desperation. You know? Exactly. Um, and two, I, I honestly think, I think it's tied to the mindset that the 49ers are playing with and how they're attacking these teams and physically beating them mm-hmm. with that first possession and it totally flips your script right yeah. now you're like oh shit we got like you know the clock is ticking we need to respond to this 13 minute drive mm-hmm. okay so now you extend the ball and like mm-hmm. you said you you try to get that extra yard and try to keep your drive so you could come up and, and respond to a drive that just freaking milked 13 minutes off the clock right, right? so now the mindset of the opposing offense is totally different and it they're out of their their realm. So now mm-hmm. with that being said, because of Kyle's mindset that he comes out with with his offense and we're going to touch on it, it's also affecting the opponent's offense and how they're responding. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it's sustainable. I do. 
I do. It also helps that, you know, the turnovers happen, like you said, after the really, really long drives or once we're up two scores. That's when we're getting the turnovers. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I like it. I do think it's sustainable. I think that we can get at least one turnover a game going forward. So I like that. Um, The next one that I want to discuss here, reality versus perception. No drops. Now, this is a big one. We're talking about how efficient the offense is being. um, And we're talking about how this team has looked not just at the beginning of this year, but just since Kyle's been here, man, since Kyle's been here, wide receivers, tight ends, the drops have happened. Now, sometimes it's the fault of the quarterback. Sometimes the fault of the target. um, But drop passes are just a part of football. And I don't have the exact numbers of what it's been. Uh, Actually, I can actually look that up, too. Let me look that up. NFL uh, drop passes. Let's see here. Drop passes by team or player. Let's let's see if we can do it by player. NFL leaders passes dropped. Here we go. Oof. They're doing this by individuals. All right. So Debo Samuel. Is this this year? It's 2021. All right. So Debo Samuel is our leader with five drop passes. All right, he's our leader. So he's tied for third in the league. Uh, and if you keep going down, I would have to go to the next page, I guess, because there's nobody else. Nobody else has three on our team. Um, And that's saying something, because there's a lot of names on this list right here. Let me see if, maybe if I just sort by NFC, maybe it'll give me more. Nope. Nope, it doesn't say anymore. So whatever, what, this site that I'm looking at right here doesn't list all drop passes. But Debo's a leader, and he hasn't even done it a lot. Uh, just, well, he's got five on the year. But Brandon Ayuk has come out like a man possessed, uh, seven, a perfect seven of seven. I thought I would see maybe George Kittle on that list, but it only goes down to three because there's so many people with drop passes. Um, it, it comes into play that Jimmy's been more poised been throwing more catchable balls. And again, if it's not a catchable pass, like, so for example, right, that pass to Trent Williams on the, on the tackle eligible play that doesn't count as a drop pass. Didn't hit his fingertips. It was nowhere near him. Doesn't count as a drop pass. So it doesn't mean that every pass is a completion, but anything that touches their hand, that's going to be considered a drop pass. Um, We don't have any, we didn't have any last game. I think we had won the game before that. Perception is we've improved. We fixed our drop passes woes. What's reality in your opinion? I hope it, I hope it carries, man. I, I I do think you see, like I honestly feel, and, and we're gonna get more into this as we go deeper into the offensive attack from the 49ers going into this game. I honestly feel with the, with the way Kyle's has come out his last three games with the mentality of running the ball time of possession of the first drive, physicality on the first drive. I think it took a little bit of the pressure off of Jimmy, and it's letting Jimmy to throw maybe an easier ball. Um, I mean, do I, I, I honestly feel there's still going to be a drop here or there. But I think overall, as a unit, this team has improved significantly on the offensive side of the ball. They're focused. They're locked in. They're laser focused. Like, like, it's just 
something that happened, and Kyle must have reamed him a new, new, you know what, um, and 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 just ripped the shit out of him. And I honestly feel it worked. And the whole Ayuk discussion, right? You said seven, seven of seven. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to start talking about that, we could get into that. But if you look at the routes that Ayuk ran last Uh-oh. week, what? No, go ahead. Talk about it. You're getting there. Let's go. If you look at the routes that Ayuk was assigned to run versus the Rams versus the Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars, they're all the routes that Debo Samuel ran in the previous weeks while Kyle was making his statement towards the uh, uh, Brandon Ayuk or, you know, the tough love, getting him to, like, you know, focus in, hone, hone in more on his um, – his his responsibilities as a wide receiver, as responsibilities as an NFL player, work ethic, all, all that thing, all those things, the, the, the doghouse thing. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? It all worked. Because is it coincidence that this offense took that step and the versatility and the expansion and the different philosophy of this team has changed significantly since – Brandon Ayuk has stepped up and become a staple of this offense. Yeah. You know, and that Brandon Ayuk's ability to be that wide receiver that we wanted him to be has allowed the team to use Debo in different ways. Correct. You don't get one without the other. Yeah. Not only the jet sweep, but now they're implementing him in the run game and out Mm -hmm. of the backfield. So it's different looks. And, And the reason why I honestly feel that they've been using Debo in the backfield a little more because the game, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell has the division for the outside zone that you want for the running backs in this system, correct? So yes. the next person, I think the person with the best vision on this team is Debo. And he, he showed that week in and week out, carry in and carry out versus Jacksonville. He hit yes. those edges exactly when he needed to hit. Did you see them. the one where he led the blocker in front yeah. of him and then yeah. broke out for the 21 yard? Oh my god. Yeah, so now if you sit there and look at it and say like I know we discussed this on the phone a couple times, but let's discuss it now real quick. If you look at it, okay, kills healthy. Okay. Ayuk's out of the doghouse. He accept, he accepted the tough love. He learned his lesson, he improved, he corrected what he needed to correct. You have him. Now you have Debo all over the damn formation. You have Jawan Jennings now, who's making a name for himself. All right, drawing penalties, you know, keeping his cool, blocking down the field. You have finally this team, well, not last week, but because Mitchell was out, but finally this week, potentially, you could have your full offense intact. That is is scary. It's it should be terrifying for it's, the rest of the league. It's you know it, it's scary, and I think with 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 the way Kyle has made his adjustment, I honestly feel like people need to get off his back. What is that? He's saying arrogant. Kyle's an arrogant coach. He believes in this way or the highway. Blah blah blah. Well, I hate to tell you, no, he's not. Because if you look at the it, the offense that he ran in Atlanta, it looks nothing like the 49ers that is that he is running now. It, right. it never has. So I, I just feel that 
Kyle is adapting to the skill set of his offense. Yeah. You know, um, let's since we're here, we're talking about the run game and Debo and things like that. I'm going to skip one. Let's go to the consistent run game. That was the next one on the perception versus reality, right? Um, and there's a lot that goes into this run game thing. Uh, Debo and his usage back there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and even just how we were running the ball. Um, you know, a lot of people said, you know, yeah, we ran it 40 times against the Rams, but that's the Rams. Jacksonville is a really good run defense. We don't expect that. Maybe we can get to 30. They did 40 again. They did 40 plus again, right? Um, and that was against a good run defense. So um, is this sustainable? And I'm, I'm asking this because they did include Debo in that. Debo had one catch. That's it. All his other yards, it was 70, 80 something yards and a touchdown came from the run game. You know what I'm saying? Um, I knew for a fact, like, and I'm glad I didn't go uh, and put money down on it, but like, I knew for a fact Debo was going to get a thousand yards in that last game. I knew he was going to cross that line. He had one catch and he's six yards short. You could not tell me Debo wasn't going to get the required yards for the thousand yard. You know what I'm saying? I think he was at like 979 or something like that. I think he only needed like 21 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, there's no way he's not going to get it, but he didn't. However, he was more effective. So, this is a loaded question here with the perception versus reality. Perception, these last two games, we're running the ball very well, 40-plus times a game. Mm. Uh, we're averaging three-point-something yards a pop, and Debo Samuel is a part now of the run game. Well, you have Mitchell, who's possibly coming back. You have Wilson with another week under his legs. You know what I'm saying? You got Trey Sermon out there now. Um, do we continue to expect this from Debo? Do we consider? Do we uh, con- continue to expect? I won't say forty because that's that is not realistic. Do we continue to expect thirty rushing attempts a game? Perception says yes. What's reality to you? I, I do. I think. I think this is going to be the new staple of Kyle's offense. I definitely think so. Do you think that Debo gets those carries if Mitchell? No. I think Debo will be involved somewhat. I don't think he gets as many carries as he's been getting. Mm-hmm. I think that's because the void of uh, Mitchell to help with that outside run game with the outside zone. I mean, Jeff Wilson's good, but I just I feel Jeff Wilson's vision on the outside needs improvement in the middle between the two tackles. I think that's where his strength is in his vision. Um, I, I just feel that. This is the new Kyle Shanahan offense, and I think this is the offense that he wanted to run because, A, it's it, it's within the structure, right? Everything's ran within the structure. We all know the play-action-based offense, and if you're running the ball that much and having success doing it, you're doing a couple things. You're having time of possession, number one. When right. you have time of possession, that means the opposing offense is on the sideline. So that's number two. So right there, you're killing two birds with one stone. Yes, sir. So with that being said is I I believe that this is the new 49ers, and it's going to continue until someone says, no, it's not going to continue. Now, by doing this, I think it makes it – it takes an immense amount of pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders. Because now he knows, right, we're coming out with this mentality. We're going to physically beat this team up up front. They did it versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have a bigger defensive line, 
more physical defensive line than the Rams and now the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Probably when combined. Say, because, when when I say physical, I'm talking like 330-plus in defensive tackles that are known to be like fire hydrant run-stuffing guys that are hard to move. So let's look at our let's look at our deep offensive line, right? You have Mack, who's about 310 as center. You have Brunskill, who barely is 300 pounds. And you have Tomlinson, who's about 315. Those guys should be eating the interior of the offensive line up with that size, correct? Mm -hmm. So due to our scheme and beliefs and how we block up the run, we take advantage of them. So yeah. that's why I think it's going to continue because it's making the game easier for Jimmy. He knows he doesn't have to put this team on the show yet. He has to put this team on the shoulder and start throwing the ball all over the field. And I'm sticking to my motto, 25 to 28 and under in attempts. For Jimmy. I think this team will be unstoppable. Yeah. Because that you know, tells me that that run game is clicking. I was thinking about something here, and we all know that the strength of Mike McGlinchey was the run game. And he did improve in pass pro. People are going to continue to hate on him and all that. But Mike McGlinchey even took a step forward in, in pass pro. Mm -hmm. uh, but without your starting lineman in there, you have to kind of help hide the deficiencies in his replacements, whether it be Jalen Moore, whether it be Tom Compton. Uh, do you think that Kyle figured, let me run the ball more aggressively because Mike McGlinchey's not in there? Before you answer that, let me read this uh, comment, and you can think about it and give me an answer afterwards. Master Sid, thanks for the contribution. He says, Niner gear everywhere in the city. Cheers from San Francisco. I don't know if that's a good thing, man. I mean, they put it out there, but it should be flying off the shelves right now. This is this. is I'll be honest with you, man. I haven't been this excited about Niners football since the season started. Um, I was excited following week one. After week two, I liked that we were 2-0, but I didn't like the way that we won that game. That was an ugly win, right? It was an ugly oh, win. Well, no, first, the second one, first, the Eagles, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the second win, I was a little concerned. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, uh, a lot of people were down after the first win. Oh, we almost lost that game and all that. But I was, I never jumped on that train, and I still don't subscribe to that. I always felt like we were in control, and we've been certain players, and, you know, so I, that, I, we, we've rehashed that over and over. I was high after the first game, second game. I was happy, but the high came down. And then all of a sudden we go on the four-game losing streak. Then we beat uh, Chicago. No, we went on a three-game losing streak. Then we beat Chicago. Then we lose to the Cardinals. And now we're here with the Rams and the Jaguars. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was that was the, the ebbs and flows of the season here. Um, but this – Right now is the most excited I've been since following week one. Uh, again, 30-plus points a game. You know what I mean? Defense was rolling. And if we're honest with ourselves, while the starters were in there on defense, what they have it, uh, in, in Detroit? 10 points? 17, something yeah, like that? They, they, yeah, they clearly let up. I mean, right. And so it, I don't think it's a coincidence that the offense was rolling week one. And the starting defense only allowed 10 or 17. I don't remember exactly what it was, 10 or 17 points. Uh, and then these last two games, 30-plus points and 10 or 17 points. That's what we allowed. Now, I can't sit here and say that this isn't what I expected from the 49ers team, 
uh, we're seeing what we saw in week one, and now it's back here again. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about it. I, I would like to see the gear that's everywhere become harder to find. I think we should be getting that stuff off the shelves right now. I think this is the time that, to stand up. This is feeling to me like that 2011 Giants team. It really, really is. Getting hot at the right time, turning it up. They talk about the players meeting and da-da-da-da-da. So that's where I am. Um, so what, what's your answer to the question that I asked? I know we kind of got away yeah, from so it. So basically, real quick, just the you're saying that since McGlinchey went down, they've focused on the run game. And is that because to protect Jalen Moore? Compton. I it could have something to do with that, but I just think Kyle needed to get back to. So you don't think it's directly related? It's okay. I'm just asking. I, I, I don't. don't I don't because let me explain to you why. Right? It's easier to run block than it is to pass block. Right? So look at this. Look at the yeah. frame of Moore. He's a big physical kid. Right, mm -hmm. he's kind of like in the same stature of like a Trent Williams type built, big yeah. physical. He's, yeah. he's somewhat athletic, nowhere near as Trent Williams. So I think that they probably said to themselves, "Listen, if we put his hand in the dirt and say go get this guy, seal the edge, and then scrape off to the second level," I think that that's something he feels comfortable with. Because remember, he played guard, tackle, right, left guard, right, left tackle in college. And every lineman, what do they love to do? If you listen to Trent Williams talk at one of those press conferences when he said, yeah, Kyle told us we're coming out and to run the ball this game, mm -hmm. they all got happy. Yeah. Yep. And this team for years, not just now, for years, has been excited about running the ball. I don't know if you remember last year. No, it was during the Super Bowl run. Remember when uh, Kittle had one reception in that game, but we blew out. I think it was the Packers my birthday weekend. Maybe it was in the yes. postseason, but he's like, that's, that's run it again. Huh? That's when you went to the game. Yes. Yeah, but that was the Packers. That was when the clip came out of Kittle. Run it again. Yeah. Keep going. Keep the team has always gotten excited when they know, guys, we're gonna ground and pound this game. They've always turned up for that moment, you know. You know what it's like I, I kind of compare it to a defensive lineman on third and long. Mm, mm. one direction let's yeah. go let's go get it you turn up yeah yeah absolutely i like it good good analogy i like that i like that a lot all right uh the last thing that we're going to do here because we skipped it to get to the run game was poised jimmy garoppolo jimmy garoppolo was on this incredible for his standards an incredible four game stretch here okay and i for one I'm not going to make any qualms about it. I'm not going to, you know, try to convince people otherwise. I am not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to go first here, okay? He is playing efficient. He is playing well. He is playing within the confines and constructs of this offensive scheme, okay? So let me let me be clear with what I'm saying here. As long as the run game is going well, the way that it has been, I think we can see this Jimmy that we're seeing for the rest of the season. But what happens if the run game can't cook that way? 
You know, on our opening drive, uh, there was a sack of Jimmy Garoppolo and it made it fourth and 12. And as the team gets ready to walk off the field, they turn and they see yellow laundry on the field. Holding, defense, first down, 49ers. We continue to march down the field and we settle for a field goal. But that happened. And the defense for the Jacksonville Jaguars was wired. They were hyped up. They were high-fiving. They were jumping, chest bumping and everything. They thought they got this team that just had this long opening drive against the Rams. They thought they got us out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, But there was that holding call, and we took advantage of it. And finally, that's a good thing. We took advantage of a team messing up on third down, not us messing up on third down, okay? That's cool and all. But what happens when the run game isn't carrying us? What happens when Debo in the backfield isn't working? We see Debo, we're going to key on Debo. What happens when that changes up? Um, Do I think the perception is these last, I'm going to say Rams, I'll say Chicago, Cardinals, Rams, and Jaguars. Jimmy has been playing the most consistent Jimmy ball of his career. Now, we know why. Yes. And now the question is perception versus reality. What we've seen of Jimmy in those games is that reality going forward and sustainable. If they they stick to what they're doing. But someone's going to stop the run. We're going to start facing some bare fronts, right? Yeah. They have to start doing that. Correct, but I still doesn't. I still don't think it's enough to take him out of the twenty-eight to thirty attempt range. I still think they could run the ball, right? Let's look at it like this. Let's look at the Jacksonville game, right? Let's get juicy. They 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 run a thirty-four defense, right? So that's five men in a box right off the bat, right? Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. They run a thirty-four defense, so it's five men on the line of scrimmage, and they mm-hmm. still ran the ball as a yeah. top three defense, right? It was on film what they did last week to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Still had success with the run game. Granted, I understand he took the sack, but you see why I'm so adamant that they run the ball. Because when you put him in a long situation like that and have him sit in the pocket and have to scan and not use his – Strength, which is his quick release, look what happens. Right. But, all right, let me counter that. Just to play devil's advocate. Just to play devil's advocate, okay? Yeah. We weren't that successful on the rush attempts on first down in this in this last game. If you go back and watch the first down runs, you'll see one yard, two yards, no gain. Three yards was the max on first down. And what I noticed what Kyle was doing on second downs, excuse me, he's lining up. And then the handoff and the run goes to the weak side, misdirection. So they would line up with their with their base four line, uh, the 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 lineman, the four lineman, and then they would have the the linebacker on the strong side, and they would just run away from it. Debo's touchdown run. I don't know if you if you got the game pulled up over there. Watch Debo's touchdown run. It was second and ten, okay, and then he ran away. He he ran to the weak side. Just the misdirection. He he, he had numbers over there. You right. know what I'm saying? He ran away from the numbers because that's where the defense was lined up. Well, I'm doing it opposite. So on the screen, 
the way you guys see me, the defensive numbers were on this side. So Debo ran this way and got the touchdown. I'm just saying, I don't know how sustainable that is because Kyle's putting it on film. Every time we had a bad first down or a, a low gain, the next run was to like the weak side. Correct. So let's take it back to the first drive. I, and I'm shooting from the hip because I don't I don't remember. I, I don't have the access to watch Jacksonville. So mm. the only reason why I was watching the Rams because it was on national TV and it was DVR. Well, let me give so, you the login so you could see what I'm talking about, bro, because I don't mind. So the my thing is this, right? The first play from line of scrimmage, they send a, they send a double corner blitz, right? So that tells me that Jacksonville was cold-hearted and said that they were going to attack the edge in that run game, mm-hmm. right? So those two receivers released off the line of scrimmage, free release pretty much, and were picked up by the safeties. All right, they probably bracketed them with uh, you know high low coverage on the outside, like you know the linebacker would drop to the hook the flat zone, and the safeties had the deep third, or whatever deep quarter, whatever defense they were playing. So my theory is, look at what Jimmy did. It, it, it was a sim. It, it wasn't a simple throw, but it was a throw that was. Throw, it was a throw that was easier because it was a vacated zone. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you allow Jimmy to get the ball out of his hands quickly, right, yep. that's his strength, and you're still able to catch a defense. All right. Let's take it back all the way to Bill Walsh. His philosophy was the short passing game was an extension of the run game. Yes. So if Jimmy is is comfortable running the quick timing short pass game as an extension of your run game that's and he's having success doing it that's a fucking home run right how much it's like it's like the double edge it's like the double edged sword so with that being said i honestly feel that the offense is clicking Jimmy's having his most success in his career as a 49er in a heavy run attack that's going to attack a team almost 40 times a game in the run game. And it's totally lifting the pressure off of Jimmy's shoulders. And when he has to make a throw, it's a schemed open throw, and it's usually out of his hands in two seconds. Yes. Okay. So with that being said, you think that what we've seen of Jimmy, these those four games that we pointed out, Mm-hmm. Cardinals, Chicago, Rams, Jacksonville. Do you think that's the Jimmy we see the rest of the year? And that's sustainable. I do. All right. We're going to have our first disagreement here. I'm going to say I no. I, I think Kyle knows that the success of his team is based off his run game. Okay. All right. I like it. I'm going to say no. That's going to transition us out of our perception versus reality. Oh, wait, hold on. Are you saying like, Turnover wise and stuff like that, or are you just saying success of the offense? Are you talking as an individual? I'm talking Jimmy about Garoppolo's Jimmy play? Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm only talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that what we're seeing from Jimmy these four games is sustainable for him. I think that eventually he'll revert back to the Jimmy Garoppolo that we all scream at the TV about. You know what I'm saying? And now it could be because the run game isn't successful. It could be just a boneheaded play or he's too wired. He's too excited, too amped. Whatever the case is, I just think that we see some of the old Jimmy come back. Jimmy's been playing really well for his standards. He's not taking the deep shots down the field and things like that. I agree with you. If it's just your question is just based off of Jimmy the individual, 
Yes. I do think Jimmy could kick back to bad habits. And honestly, I do think it could be this game with that linebacker in the middle of that defense. And that's the perfect transition to previewing the Vikings. Okay. Uh, Kendricks is over there, guys. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, Tony. I know this is going to sound crazy because it's a whole year away from what actually happened, what I'm going to say. But I think Kendricks is the reason Trey Lance is a 49er right now. And I know one happened in 2019. The other happened in 2021. I know that. But there was a moment in time where doubt was casted into Kyle Shanahan's head about his quarterback. And I think it was the most evident in that playoff game against the Vikings where Kendricks dropped two interceptions and held on to the third one. And Kyle took the ball out of his hands for the rest of the postseason until the Super Bowl and we saw what the results were. And I think from that moment on, Kyle said, I need another quarterback. Don't take my word for it. Ask Kyle. Yes, we were in on Tom Brady. I mean, that's after a Super Bowl appearance. You were looking to make a change at the quarterback position. And then you look at them this offseason. Yes, we were in on Sam Darnold. Yes, we brought in Joe Flacco for a workout. Yes, we considered da-da-da. Just go down the list. Yes, we called about Matt Stafford. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying, I think that Kendricks and Jimmy's inability to look beyond or identify the linebacker, whatever the case is, I think that whatever happened started from the Kendricks play or plays. All right? So we're going to go ahead and start previewing this, this, this Vikings team. And I'm going to start with Kendricks, man. Um, He leads that team in tackles. He also leads that team in interceptions. Yeah. This linebacking core, in my opinion, is going to be more important than their defensive line because that defensive line is banged up right now. Uh, The players that are healthy can't play because of mental issues that are going on. They they, they already officially ruled him out. Um, That defensive line, they have one starter. And that starter wasn't even really meant to be a starter in Richardson. He was originally supposed to be a rotational guy. Mm-hmm. And just due to injuries and Daniil Hunter and so on and so forth being out, um, that's where that's where they are right now. Um whew, let's start, let's start looking at their defense. Okay. Yeah. They play a cover two, they try to disguise it, but that's who they are through and through. They're a cover two team. You got the two safeties deep, they play zone across the middle of the field. And their defensive line is banged up. How do you, in your opinion, attack this team? And this was the fun conversation that we had earlier uh, today. Okay, so they're a cover two team. They have the bendo break mentality. They're aggressive on third down. They love showing the double A gap blitz um, on third down situations with Kendricks and. Um, uh, either bar or, or vigil 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 i don't know how to say thing but the other linebacker um all right you know i always thought it was virgil but i don't think there's an r in there at all i think it's vigil vigil yeah <laughs> I, I i'm gonna go with the mentality of sticking to what got them to this point i think do and I'm going to say this clear, 
due to the injury situation. Now, this is a run defense that's not good. It's not – I think it's in the bottom half of the, of the league. I don't think it's in the top half of the league. I think it's in the bottom half of the league. And that's when they're healthy. Okay. I think with the loss of Tomlinson, with the – who's the other defensive tackle? One guy's on COVID. One guy's hurt. Oh, uh, I have it. I know what you're talking about. Let me find the picture. There's one guy that was is a COVID guy. The other guy's hurt. And they're both big physical run stoppers. They're their two run-stopping defensive tackles. That promotes Sheldon Richardson into a starting role. Um, solid players. But, you know, I, I, I my thought process is that I don't think they wanted him to have a big role. Uh, Hunter, I, Pierce, Tomlinson, and Pierce, Griffin. Pierce and Tomlinson. Those are the two yes. big boys in the middle. Yes. Okay. Similar to the statue of what they just faced versus Jacksonville, the mm-hmm. two guys. Okay. Now, with that being said, you also have your top pass rusher, Hunter, who was just placed on the injured reserve and is out for the year. Mm-hmm. Let's throw into what happened with Everson Griffin. You know, he came out of the house, everything's okay, but he's also out. He's added to the phys- physical, un- unable to perform list, whatever. So now he's out. So now you're down. Across the board, four starters. So now let's look at what the 49ers do best. They run the ball. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to stick with my feeling, and we all know if the run game gets going, things open up for Jimmy. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to stick with the heavy run attack. Any, any heavy run attack, anywhere between 35 and 40 attempts to do it. Uh, and it's not just straight handle ball off to the backfield. I think you could see the the jet sweep come back into the picture. Um, you know, whether it's Kittle, IU, Debo, whoever, I think there's going to be 35 to 40 uh, rushing attempts this game. And I do think Kyle's going to stick to that for one fact. When he tried to give Jimmy Jimmy a little leash with versus the Vikings in the playoff games, Kendricks became a 49ers receiver. <laughs> so with that being said, and I know Kyle knows this in the back of his head, mm-hmm. and I know Jimmy has it in his head. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to come out and attack and take that long possession, that first drive, milk the clock, to get physical with them because remember their big boys aren't there. So let's let our strength attack your weakness. Their weakness, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's put some points on the board and like let's knock 10 minutes off the clock. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So now drive two, you come out, you still hit them and you keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them. And and it's going to open things up eventually. But I think what you want to do is instead of them taking their deep drops and clogging the middle of the field, meaning the two linebackers, you want them to start cheating up. Yeah. So now the success of the run game, I think they're going to cheat up eventually. Okay. I like where I you're going for far. Sounds good. That's where it's going to open a little bit. Yes. So I just feel – Kyle knows what it takes to get to keep this offense in and have the success that they are having 
currently. And I think he's going to stick with that. And I think it's going to be the heavy run. I do think Jimmy could probably throw for 22 to 24 times this game. I do think the attempts are there, but I think they're going to be very situational. I, I don't think they're going to come flying out the gate and Jimmy's going to have, is going to go eight for eight or 10 for uh, eight for 10 on the first drive. I don't. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And everything you said makes sense, but I disagree. And this is why this, I was so excited about this show because we have this difference of opinions, but I realized that our difference of opinions is only based off of timing. Mm. So while I agree with everything you said, the linebackers are going to have to cheat up. They're going to play that cover two, the zone, right? Eventually the linebackers are going to have to start getting a little closer to the line of scrimmage, right? Bigger windows in that zone now if, if you if you decide to do a pass play, right? Um, but here's the difference. You want to see the run game, and you think the run game is going to be successful straight out the gate, and then they cheat up. The difference between my opinion and your opinion is that I think they cheat from the rip because that defensive line is so weak and these new guys are in there. I think that they're going to have those linebackers cheating a little bit to help that defensive line. I think that the last two games over 80 rushing attempts is going to cause them to come out as if we've already been running the ball successfully on them. And because of that, I think we get tops 25 rushing attempts. Tops all game long. Now, what I won't count are the little tosses to the jet sweeps and things like that. If you want to include that, fine. Make it 28. I don't think we run the ball 30 times in this game. I think this game, they put this ball in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo because the Vikings are going to be trying to take away the run game. I think they're going to sell out because they have stubbornly been this cover two team and they refuse to get out of it. They do the disguises that you talked about, but once the ball is snapped, they're true to who they are. This is the play. This is the defensive style. This is what we do. I think that this is the game that they actually try to make the change. I really think that they say, forget it. We're not doing it. We're, we're not going to do that because Otherwise, they're playing right into our hands. I can't. And here's the other thing. Remember when we played against Seattle and Seattle was allowing like, what was it? It was a crazy number, like 350 passing yards for four games in a row. We were like, yo, we're going to come out here and we're going to throw against this team because that's their weakness. Their secondary is torn up. That's not what Kyle did. Two weeks later, we play against a team that's giving up 160 rushing yards a game. We had 98 in that game. Kyle has never taken advantage of an opposing team's weakness. He, he, I haven't seen him do it. I haven't seen him do it. You know how um, we played the Packers that year, and one of our was it Sherman? One of one of our corners got hurt at the end of the game, and they had to put Dante Johnson in or Kello Witherspoon or or Emmanuel Mosley. It was Mosley or Witherspoon, uh, Mosley or Johnson, and as soon as they put him in. That's what allowed it was a CJ Bethard game. Bethard was going toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. The whole world was watching. The corner got hurt, and Rodgers went right after him. 
I've never seen Kyle do that. I've never seen it. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it, but he's been here for five years. I've never seen him do it. I can't see him taking advantage of that broken defensive line. Now, here's the flip side to it. That broken defensive line just happens to be what we're doing well right now. So maybe you're right. There is a possibility that what you're saying is right, right? But I'm going to stick to my guns here. I'm going to stick to my guns, and I think that Kyle is saying, this is what I put on film for two games in a row. That's what they're going to plan to stop. So I'm going to make Jimmy tear them up. You watched that uh, Brandon Ayuk touchdown in this last game, right? And it was zone. Now, zone on the goal line or in the red zone, whatever, there wasn't a lot of space anyway for them to operate with. But he knew Jimmy knew exactly who that ball was going to because he had Debo come across short and he could have hit Debo right at the goal line. He threw it over Debo's head to the back of the end zone and Ayuk was wide open with the safety trying to emerge on him from one side and the corner coming from the other side. But the, the gap was so wide, or the linebacker, whatever, whatever one it was, the gap was so wide, it was there for the taking. I think that's the game plan this game. I really think that Kyle says they're going to try to help the off the defensive line. I'm going to take advantage of the secondary. And I think he's going to dink and dunk his way all over the field. I think you're going to have a heart attack because I think Jimmy passes 32 to 42 times this game. That's not good. That's not good. I know that's not our keys to victory. You got to realize something, all right? And I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> what, what's, what are you more worried about, the 49ers offense versus their defense or the Minnesota Vikings offense versus our defense? Well, that's a good question. And this is something that we have not discussed yet, so this is good. Um, and if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm worried about their offense against our defense. Their offense is eerily similar to ours, and no one's talking about it. I've listened to a bunch of different podcasts this week, and I don't hear anybody saying their offense. I've heard people say, oh, Justin Jefferson is good. Yeah, Debo's better, though. That's cool. I hear people saying Dalvin Cook is good. I'm not going to say Mitchell's better, but our run game in total is better than what they're doing. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. I'm, and because Kyle doesn't just use the one guy. He uses Debo. He'll use Mitchell. He'll use, you know, uh, Wilson Jr. Like So Kyle will mix it up a little bit but I am worried more about their offense against our defense. Um, and I have some faith in our defense, but I'm more concerned about that side of the ball. So that's why I'm very in the belief that the run game is the best way to go. To keep them on the sideline. Listen, I, I agree with every everything you're saying makes sense. And that's their mentality. Look what they've yeah. done for the last three games. But that's, but that's exactly why I think that – so, again, this goes back to the timing. You think at 12 minutes into the game, they start cheating up because of how good our run game is and how bad their, de their defensive line is. And I think it's going to be from the first snap because of what we've done the last three games. You, you get the difference of what I'm saying here? I, I, I'm just talking about the timing. I think that the game goes the way you think it's going to go but earlier than you think it's going to go. That's why I'm where I am. I think that they come into this game as if they're we are picking up right where we left off and we're not going to let y'all run the ball down our throats like that. And see, look, people are, people are agreeing with you. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
They're agreeing with you. Just keep running the ball. Look, they're saying exactly, Tony. They're with you. I just think a little different. I, I'm, I'm just thinking a little bit different. And if you want to be real here, I, I said I wasn't going to say this on here. I said I was going to say this on the Patreon episode. I'll say it. I don't care. I think Kyle wants to say, hey, cousins, I don't need you. Look what I can do with Jimmy. I I, I, I agree with that, but I don't think it happens on the first drive. I th- okay, and th- and th- and that's that's yeah. that's where the difference is. That's because really it's not, really. It's really not only is. about possess. It's not only about possession. It's not only about keeping you off. It's about setting the tone. Mm-hmm. You want to set the tone for this game. You want to say, "We're going to outrun you. We're going to out physical. We're going to push you around. We're going to attack you." And you're setting that tone. And once that tone is set. It becomes it changes the mindset of the offense of the opposing offense. Let me let me ask you this question because I agree with you. I do. Does it matter to you who gets the ball first? Me personally, yes. Me too. Me too. I've always been the part of of, of playing defense. First. Yeah, I understand that. But if we start on defense and they score, does that? Does that change our game plan for our first drive? Because remember, remember what you said. Now I'm, I'm gonna let you think about it. I want to know if if they get the ball first and we're on defense and they score, does it change our offensive attack? And this is why I'm asking you this. You just said that teams had to respond to what we were doing because of our first opening drive. Yeah, they go out there and they get seven. You think we're going out here and we're trying to run the ball? 12 times on the opening drive? Hell no. Hell no. In my opinion, my opinion, I don't know what yours is going to be, but if they get the ball first and they score, you can forget all that running the ball that much, in my opinion, on that opening I think, drive. I, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it changes, Mike, because if you look at the 49ers track record when they have success, they always win the time of possession. Yes. They I always like win the time of possession by a significant amount. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like the time of possession is the key. And if you have, if you win the time of possession by a significant amount, that tells me you're pounding and grounding. You're wearing this team out physically. Granted, it might not be throw. It might, it might not be all passes, but it's going to be a, like a literally a two yard slant that turns into like a six or eight yard gain. So, and like I said earlier, you have to remember something. Kyle was around this team young when his father was on that Super Bowl team. And 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 granted, the, the quarterback was a lot better than, than it is now, the quarterback play. But mm-hmm. they had they had pretty much the same mentality. They had the short passing game, which was an extension of the run game. You understand what I'm saying? So yes. I, I think like Kyle knows how to attack a defense and still keep Jimmy in that safe zone and attempts passed. So my honest opinion, if anybody in this chat is going to this game, please be loud. Because when I the think the defense is we, on the field. Huh? I said when the defense is on yeah, the field. Yeah, please be loud when the defense is on the field and, and let the defense hear that roar at that stadium and, and, and let's let's let you know let's let's put the Vikings in check if we if we don't get the ball. 
if we if we don't get the ball first, right? Let, let's put them in check. Let's put up or shut up. It's our home. Let's play the game. Let's play our game. Let's do what we need to do. But I do agree with you to the point where I think Shannon does want to say something, saying, I don't need you, Kirk. I think he wants to make that statement. I do. But mm-hmm. I still think it's within the confines of the structure of this offense. I don't think Kyle's going to go out of his way because I know in the part of his head that he's going to say, Jimmy's not Kirk. Jimmy's not Tom. Jimmy's not Steve Young. Jimmy's Jimmy. And I got you. So he's going out there with a governor on him. I got you. Yeah, that's that's that. He's he's been having the governor on him for the last three games, and look at how better this offense is playing. I like it. I like it. And that goes back to what the commenter said: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, keep doing it. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I just think that Kyle's going to try to. I don't know, man. I just I just can't see three games in a row with the same exact gameplay. I just I can't I can't see it. To me, that's ins- I mean, I like it. And it makes sense. I just can't see it. All right. So let's 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 let me ask you this question. I've been dying to ask you this question since we started talking. Um, like since we first first started the show, I wanted to ask you this question. If Mitchell is back, if he's back, do we see a play with Mitchell and Debo in the backfield? It's a simple question. I I don't have anything else. I'm not leading up to anything. I just wanted to know what your thoughts are. If Mitchell is in the backfield, if he's back. I'm not talking about Wilson or any other running back, specifically Mitchell. If he's back, do we see a play where it's him and Debo in the backfield? Even if they start in one formation and then, you know, sure, uh, I think you could Debo see Samuel it. comes back. I think you could see it. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I do. I was just wondering. I think that puts a defense in a really, really tough spot. Right. Just they, put, they put Jawan Jennings at fullback. Yeah. I, someone, I've been looking for this play. I don't see it anywhere. I've, I've, I've rewatched this game three times already. Um, someone said that uh, Ayuk was lined up at tackle on a play. I think that was that was when what's his name went out. Nope, I just looked at it. He was lined up uh, as the second wide receiver from the top of the screen. You're talking about when uh, when Williams was pass eligible and the next play yeah. he couldn't go in. It was Compton at one tackle, and it was uh, and it was uh, Moore as the other tackle. It but wasn't was that flexed either. off. Who was I flexed off the side of Trent Williams? Yeah, he he was where no Trent Williams wasn't on the play. He was at the top of the screen to the left tackle, off off the line of scrimmage. He was the off ball guy. But was he like flexed off of him? Like if the tackle's here, was he like he was there and then back off the line of scrimmage? Yeah. Yeah. So was that the tight end spot, maybe? Yeah, he he they probably thought he was a he's lined up flexed off like a flex tight end. Yeah. A move tight end. Right. Not an inline tight end. But I don't know where people said I, I heard someone say that he was a tackle and I'm like, I didn't see that shit at all. Uh, so I don't know what they're talking about. I didn't see it. Um all right, but here, let's let's get to the other side of the ball here, man. Let's talk about our defense against their offense. Um let me just ask you this. What what's your what's your bigger concern? Is it Jefferson or is it Dalvin Cook? I'm more concerned with Jefferson. I really am. Because I think Nick Bosa is an excellent edge setter versus the run, right? We're getting Greenlaw back. We have uh, 
We have Fred Warner. We have Al Shahir, who's been playing pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to stay in a base for a good part. If anything, we'll go to a big nickel with a three-safety look with Hufanga on the field. Um, I think we have the ability to contain him without becoming aggressive in run blitzes. Okay. I think we have the skill set at the second level, the speed, and I, I just think that you got to realize something, right? They have a successful run game, but I was reading something earlier. They also have the most tackles behind the line of scrimmage in their run game, meaning, you know, tackles for loss, right? Okay. So that tells me it's hit or miss. Now, when you have an aggressive front, you have an edge setter in Bosa. You have Armstead, you have DJ Jones, who's been playing pretty damn good this season. And then you go to Ekobom, Omanahu, D Ford on the other edge, but D Ford's probably gonna be only in passing situations. Uh Arden Key. I think I think the 49ers have the ability to to cause some type of disrupt disruption in their running game. So I, I feel that their style and their aggression up front with their down linemen can really stick a fork, not stick a fork, but mess up their run game, the timing of their run game. Because their struggles are the interior, center right. guard, guard. Well, that's because they're on the, like their fourth center. Like they, They've been shuffling yeah. through centers over and over, and their centers are not good. And that's why I'm, I said to you on the phone, I think Armstead needs to have a monster game. I think Armstead needs to push that center and that guard, whoever he's lined up on, in the backfield every play. Just use your broad strength and your long-ass arms and bench him into the backfield. Mm -hmm. And that's how you really affect their run game. But And it's not a knock against Delvin Cook. I think he's a phenomenal running back. I just feel that Jefferson is more dangerous and could have a bigger impact if he – gets loose or if they can't control him. Okay. I'm with you on that. I forgot to tell you this stat when we were discussing the offense and I hate to backtrack, but I'm not going to finish the show without saying this. So let me do this now really quick. Uh, and I sent it to you in the itinerary here. Third and one or third to three. So one, two or three, third and one, third and two, third and three, the Vikings defense is ranked 27th in the league at stopping that down. They are terrible in third and short situations. Absolutely terrible. And that's what you're starting defensive line. Yes, because that's back in base, right? So doesn't that tell you what Kyle do? Yes, it does. It does. And the flip side is on third and long, so third and four, all the way to third and seven, they're second in the NFL. They're really good when it's third and long time. Because they're aggressive. Because they, yeah, because they're aggressive. So that's why I'm saying you come out with a heavy run attack and you keep it third and short. Yeah, I want. I wanted to give you that point of uh, discussion. I, I sent it to you, like I said, I sent it to you in the itinerary. Yeah. But, um, you know, I forgot to give that to you there. I just thought that was a very interesting stat. I mean, we're we're ten games in now. We're ten games in, and that's that's not anything, you know, to just step over. That's a crazy stat. When I heard that, I was like, wait, is that really? Imagine third and short, and you can't get teams off the field. 
and you have two of the bigger defensive tackles in the league, and now yeah. they're both out. Now they're both out. It gets so even worse. What does that tell you? That tells me I'm screaming. I'm freaking lining up and playing. But doesn't that mean that you pass on first down so you don't get a one- or two-yard gain? You got to get six or seven on first down now. Do the short pass. If you – if you, This is going to be a good game, man. I can't wait to watch If you watch game. this offense, their success – on their, their, they have a pretty decent success rate on first and second down runs. Our They're, offense? Yeah. I think so. I, I'm watching the first down right now, and we gained one yard. Okay, that's one play. Uh, fast forward. Well, the other Debo touchdown, remember uh, we lost a yard on that play. It was second and 11, and Debo ran it in for a 21-yard touchdown. Or however, 28 yard. I forget how long it was. That was the one where I told you that uh, we went strong side and then he ran to the weak side. How many third and longs were we in? Oh, God, I don't, I don't have those numbers. I don't know that. Just off the top of your head from what you've been watching. Third and long, four or more, you mean. Right? How, long, how, how many third and long situations were we in? I can I can remember two off the top of my head. Not a lot. Not a lot, but it's because second down became so important. Second down is where Kyle really, really got into his bag. Uh, you know what? Let me just let me just fast forward here. I'm going to fast forward a little bit and just see what happens here. All right, so we got the ball. It's second and 10. Jimmy's in shotgun. He drops back. He throws across the middle. Ayuk gets it. Uh, he was at the nine-yard line, but he ran backwards. I think it's going to be third and two here. It's third and one. It's third and one. They handed off to the fullback who was actually who was actually Trey Sermon. He gets the first. First and 10, Jimmy's in an empty set shotgun. Drops back, throws, caught by Ayuk. He picks up nine. All right, let's see what happens on the next first down. Let's just see what happens on the next first down here. You're not gonna uh, get that with versus Kendricks. I'm telling this, you. This was uh that was going into the half. So let me go to the third quarter here. Damn, we caused a turnover right out the gate. Oh no. Okay. That's them. That's them. All right, here we go. You don't think we can do that? I don't think I think it's gonna be a lot harder versus Kendricks than it was versus Jacksonville. I think that first down is just to set up the, the other two plays. I think that this team has put an emphasis on second down efficiency. I really, really do. But I can't prove it. I don't think Kyle really cares about. All right, here we go. First and 10. Jimmy's under center. He tosses it back to Wilson. Wilson gets to the outside, strong side, and picks up four. Jimmy's under center on second down. Fakes the toss back to Wilson, throws it over the middle. Boom, completed pass two. You guessed it, Debo. He's only catch of the game. First down. I'm t- I think second down is the money down. I really do. First down, Jimmy's in shotgun. Single back receiver, fakes the handoff, throws it behind the line of scrimmage to Brandon Ayuk, who picks up six. Second and four. Second and three, I'm sorry. Single back set, hands it off, gets the run for the first down. All right, here's another first down here. The first downs aren't the successful ones often. First and ten, hands, fakes the handoff to Debo, Jimmy throws across the middle, wide open, George Kittle. I'm telling that's what I think we're going to see. It's going to be this the passing. Yeah, but you're not playing versus a caliber linebacker of Kendricks. That's what I'm trying to say to you. 
Ah, okay. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. I, I feel you. Dude, you cannot sleep on this guy. This guy is a good middle linebacker. Debo's 21-yard game was right there. And he's in Jimmy's head. I'm telling you. Jimmy I, has had. I believe you, and I think that this is Kyle saying, hey, you want to make money next year? You got to show people that you can overcome this. I think this is a game about a message. I really, really do. And I think if all else fails, it's not going the way you want it to, we'll revert back to what we got to do. I think it's the opposite way. You're saying do this until they stop it and then you switch. I think they switch to start the game. And then if all else fails, we'll get back to what we got to do. And again, we both see the game going the same way. It's one and switch to the other. It's just a matter of when our times are off on when it happens. All I right. just, I just yeah. can't see them throw the ball. In a right. in a lot and versus a team that is so decimated at the defensive line spot, they're pulling people off the fucking practice squad to play. This I game. figured out what our bet should be. Remember, we were talking about our bet: four or less rushing attempts on the opening drive for the 49ers. I figured out what our bet should be. What wings to go? I'll bet that. I don't care. So here's here's Look, what we'll do. First down, they just ran for six yards. But that's the Rams game. That's not against, right? Mike, yeah, the, Rams the Rams defense is a lot better than the Vikings. Come on, Mike. Don't no, say that. No, 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 no. That's true. That's true. That's true. Especially with all the injuries. That's I do, I do agree that the second down has become the money down for Cobb because if you look at it, it's you're kind of 50-50. You, you want to go into second down with – you want your first – even if you get your first down, you get three yards, a positive three, right? Mm-hmm. So you're at seven. So if you come back on second down, you get five. You need two yards to go. Mm-hmm. And that's where Kyle gets in his bag of tricks. You don't know if he's going to run or throw. You don't right. want to be in a mm-hmm. third and long situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Um, you know, last game, our third down efficiency, we were only six of 12. It didn't feel like that because we were just cooking so much. Right. Mm-hmm. But we finished the game with a total of 25 first downs. Only six of them came on third down. So the rest were first and second downs. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a lot of fun watching and dissecting this game. This is going to be great. Um, so here, here's the bet. Here's the bet. Five-piece chicken strips from Wings to Go. I'll deliver it to you. Oh, you want more? You want more than five? Wings to Go? Absolutely. I, I will do. I will deliver it to you, okay? I will deliver it to you. Are you going to accept the bet? Yeah, I'll bet that. Four. Four. Four rushing attempts on our opening drive. Four. If it's four or less, I'm right. If it hits five, you're right. Opening drive. Four or less. Yeah. All right. How many strips are we talking here? I don't care. Whatever you want. I don't care. All right. I'll, I'll make the bet at five. But if I'm, I'm telling you now, if I'm delivering to you, I'm going to make it worth it. I'm not just getting you five strips. <laughs> <laughs> Because that ain't, that ain't worth the gas, so I'll hook wow, you up. You don't have to deliver it. That's great. Um, yeah, how else are you going to get it? 
I'll drive over there. All right, we'll we'll meet somewhere in the middle. How's that? I can't have you paying a bet and you're driving out here. Then you might as well got it yourself. So I got you, man. It's all good. Um, let's get let's get back to um our defense against their offense. Um, I think we both agree that Jefferson is the is the bigger guy, right? But what if they decide to try to play keep away from the 49ers? Do you have enough confidence in our run defense to um you know keep the game in hand? The reason I ask that is because we've jumped out to such early leads these last two games, perception versus reality. Yeah. We've been up at least two scores before the, the next team even gets a point on the board. Um, different mindset by the offense. Right. So they, they they quickly start to abandon the run game and all that stuff. Uh, do you have enough confidence in our defense to stop the run? Because the Niners, again, you 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 rewind back just the first couple of weeks of the game of the season, we weren't doing that great against the run. We weren't. No. So, um, so what do you think about that? Um, it is a little concerning. It is a little concerning. Um, last two games we faced one-dimensional offenses. Um. We made them one-dimensional. Yeah, we faced. Yeah, due to the, the lead, they they became one-dimensional. So I I feel right. that um it, it it could be it could be tricky. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a great running back. They do run an outside zone. They run an inside zone, very similar to our offense, like you said. But I just feel like this team. I don't know what 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 they did, but. It seems like they're really like locked in and focused. Um, James Robinson is a great running back, you know, um, not to the skill set of Cook, but I mean, he is a good running back and they kept him in control and check. Um, previous week, well, they made the Rams one dimensional. Um, I'm trying to think who did they face that really torched them? The Colts, Taylor. Whew torch them i think he's a man possessed this season but yeah yeah i think he he gave him a hard time but you know it's when you when you become in, in that situation versus the colts that that game was a disgrace from top to bottom the weather everything about it so i mean it's not an excuse but that game was just horrible to begin with right well he uh, torched us you have um you have the the justin fields got busy on us just running backs. Just keep it running. Oh, back. you you're just looking at running backs? Yeah. Connor. Connor went crazy on us against with the Cardinals. Yeah. Connor did get yeah. Connor Connor but went. Connor, I honestly feel if Jimmy Ward was there, those runs were not going. Okay. Touche. Because if you look at the uh, on the runs that he scored, those are all areas where you were like on film that where Jimmy Ward's on the field, he's flying up into the pitcher and making a tackle. All right. right. All that he cut back where there was an opening, that's Jimmy Ward written all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the first time we played them, Connor was their leading rusher. Oh, no, no, no. Moore, the wide receiver, had 38 yards. Uh, Connor had 29 yards the first time we played them. Uh, when we played the Seahawks, um, before them, uh, Seattle's leading running back was Collins with 44. Carson had 30. Uh, when we played Green Bay, their leading running back 
Okay. So their leading running back was, had 82 yards. That was Jones. Yeah, but didn't he have a long run in the beginning of the game? He broke one for like 40-something yards, I think. He uh, had Jones, a long no, run. no. Jones' long was only – oh, wait. That was, That's his yeah, yeah. No, it was only 12. He had, he had 12 yards. I he had, or maybe it was called back. I remember him breaking one, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, when we look at the Eagles, that was a low-scoring game, but the Eagles – uh, well, Hertz was the one that really killed us, but Sanders had 55 yards. He averaged 4.2 against us, against the Eagles. And then when you look at the Lions, um, this is going to be tricky because we've been to starters, but whatever. Uh, the Lions had 54 yards from Williams and 39 from Swift, long of 20 and 16, respectively. Uh I don't know. Oh, they said the Chicago running back. I didn't look that up. Let me see what the Chicago uh, running back did against us. Uh, where did, where's the Chicago game? Oh, here it is here. Uh, Chicago, uh, the Bears leading running back had – oh, shit. Oh, that's Fields. About to say 103 yards. Um, Herbert had 72 yards. Oh, that's right. Herbert played that game. And he only had a long of 22, so he had he had 50 yards. But I mean, they ran him over 20 times, so he had he had an average of three yards to carry. So Collins didn't play against us in that game, guys. That wasn't that wasn't Collins, Darius. You're thinking about Herbert. So I mean, it's it's a decent game. It's a solid game. You're not so you're not worried about the run game. I, I think you know what. I don't know. But, I think they're playing good. I, I think they're – I mean, you have to be worried with a running back like Cook, but I think the Niners are are playing at a level. They're they're on defense. They're playing high. Like, they're playing like – I don't know how to explain it, but they're playing as a confident group, I guess would be the, the right way to say it. So, I, I just feel like if they could continue that play and just – you know, keep carrying it week to week. I think this defense will only become better versus the run, versus the pass, and versus and overall as a total unit. Um, but we're going to find out early because I think I, I think they're going to try to run it on us. Dalvin Cook's last three games, eighty-six yards. I'm just talking rushing, only Wait. rushing. Eighty-six yards, ninety-four yards, hundred and ten yards. Who are they versus? Same order, Green Bay. Chargers, Baltimore. He's going up against some solid defenses. Green Bay defense. The run game is all right. Uh, the one that sticks out to me is the Raven one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to be fair, that did include overtime carries. So, uh, And in that Ravens game where he had 110 yards, mm-hmm. he had a long of 66. But he only oh, had 17 carries. So he had... 40 50 let's just call it 50 50 yards for yeah on 16 carries yeah so that's nothing right is that 54 on 16 what is it looking like 4.2 or something like that let me see i was gonna say 3.9 4 not 3 4 4 point what did we say how many yards did we say 54 on 16 yeah 110 minus 66 is 44 oof 
divided by 16. All right, never mind. It's 2.7. Yeah, so 2.8 if you want to round up. I mean, against Dallas, he had 78 yards. Against Carolina, he had 140 yards. Jesus. That was real, too, because he only had a long of 23. That was a real 140 yards. So, I mean. Not worried about him? You have to be worried about him, but I just think it's, it's, if you're asking me if they could beat this team just by running the ball, the answer is no. Okay. All right. I like that's it. That's my opinion. That's and Bebop, opinion. Bebop has a good point here. Greenlaw's back. What does he bring? To, or is he a liability his first game back? You know? I don't, I don't know. I, I just. Greenlaw's the one that was missing the tackles for the 49ers this year and last year. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. So let's just do this, man. I, I think we both respect their offense. I think we both know that their offense is going to be the side to be worried about. And I like what you said. You know, you want to play keep away here. I do agree with you. And we'll see how our defense can hold up. I have some confidence in our defense. I think we'll be okay. Let's do um, final score predictions. Or do you want to do just margin? You you have the Niners winning because I have the Niners winning. Yeah, I think they win. All I right. Think win. Instead of doing a final score, let's do – Margin of victory. How many points do you think the Niners win by? I tell you what, I'll even do you one better. Just in case this happens, we will not count garbage time points. So, you know, like while the team is out there trying, Oh God! Because uh, God forbid we're up by a lot, and you know, let's say let's say the score is twenty four to three. Yeah, just for example, and then they get two garbage time touchdowns. It ends up twenty four to seven. Like I won't hold that against you. I don't think they're gonna blow them out. I don't. I think it's gonna be a relatively close game. I think it's gonna be. What's the line on this game? Uh, that's a good question. Here, let me see. Uh, 49ers, Vikings. Here we go. The spread. Uh, I don't want to go to Barstool. Uh, you want to do FanDuel? Wow, well, they're all tied to Vegas. Well, where do I where do I look up Vegas lines? Here, no, let's just, put, just put a uh, betting line. Niners, uh, Niners, Vikings. It's still, oh, these are all the ads. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Here we go. 49ers odds, game 12. All right. So the point spread over under. Where the hell is the. What do you want? What are you asking me right now? What's the point spread? Six points, four points, three points. Uh, Minus three for the 49ers. We're favorites at home. By three points. So it's basically a push. A push. On yeah. neutral site. Yeah. I say they win by by five. Don't ask me how. I don't know. The number just came into my head. I, I think they could if they're gonna I think they win by a touchdown. So seven. Yeah, I think they win by a touchdown. And that is another point where we're gonna disagree. 
I think the Niners blow them out. I do, Tony. No way. I, listen to me. I think we win by at least seventeen. All right. I, I don't. I hope you're right, but I don't think so. <laughs> I hope you're right. I don't think so. I don't see a way that the, the, that they mess with us this game. I think our offense is going to come out and just completely blow them out the water. I think they get desperate, and Kirk Cousins does Kirk Cousin things. I really, really do. I think we force them to abandon the run early because Jimmy comes out firing. And I think Zimmer's going to be like, all right, well, Kirk, go get him. And that ain't going to work. I don't think it's going to work for him, man. I don't. I think we come out and we get in that ass this game, bro. I really, really do. I think we win by at least 17 points. I think, listen, everyone's talking about the, the playoff implications. And let's just, we, we talked about this. And I said this to you way before the numbers officially came out. And I said, I'm not, I don't have the calculator that they use. Um, but I said, if we win this game, we have like over a 60% chance of winning, the, uh, going to the postseason. Right. You remember us talking about that earlier? Yeah. Later on, I saw, I think it was Chris Biederman tweet out. I think it was Chris Biederman. Uh, if the Niners win this game, we have a 69% chance of making the postseason. Yeah. That's crazy. If we lose this game, it goes all the way down to like 29%. So, uh, but I said that before I had, the, I, I don't have a calculator. I don't know. I don't know how to do it, but you just have to look at the momentum three in a row. Uh, I think Kyle comes out here and he sends a message. We are a playoff bound team. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid guys. Here's the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking it. I got my rose, rose colored glasses on, bro. I don't think they can fuck with us this game, Tony. I'm being completely honest with you. I think our offense is dominant. I think our defense does that bend but don't break. And I think our special teams is coming to play. No one's talking about the 49ers special teams. They're playing really, really well. Other than the opening kickoff of the Jaguars game where my man kind of bobbled it. I don't know if it was windy or what. It went over his head. He didn't know if he should let it go out of bounds or what. But that was it. That was it. I am really liking what I'm seeing from this team. I like the reserves that we're getting back. I like this offensive line against that. De- like our offensive line was our weakness. And then they go out and they lose two more defensive linemen this game. Do you know how that plays in our favor? Of course you do. That's why you think we're going to run the ball so well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't see how they can, I don't see how they can hang with us. I don't. And they then we're hang with us. That's how they can hang with us. It ain't going to be enough. Uh-huh. I'm telling you now, Jimmy Ward's not trying to hear it. Jimmy Ward is not trying to hear it. I'm telling no, you. I right understand now. Jimmy Ward's not, but you got to realize something. It's a nightmare matchup if, if Norman is slotted on him. And if Norman's on him, you don't think Jimmy Ward is, is there too? I don't know how they're going to cover him because you can't listen. Dealing is a great, is, is a very good chain mover. You cannot totally like just neglect him and, 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 just say he's not there and just focus on, on, on Jefferson because he will beat you if you do that. But I, I just feel that, you know, we, we talked about this at nauseum. Like there's games where Mosley looks, holy shit, he looks really good. But then there's games where like, what is he doing? Why is he touching them? Why is he like, when's the last time you felt that way about Mosley? Exactly. When is when is no? Don't say exactly, Mike. When was the last time he faced a caliber wide receiver like Jeff? The Rams. 
And who's that? You want OBJ or you want uh oh God, my what's you're the what's the other receiver they have? Wait a second, you're putting, oh, hold on, you're putting OBJ in the same category as Jefferson right now. Right now, no, but overall, yes. You said it. Yeah, absolutely. O, OBJ is still to be respected. Don't don't do that. Nowhere don't near that. Jefferson, Mike. Nowhere near. I'm sorry. Jefferson's a, a an elite wide receiver. I'm Point. sorry. OBJ had 18 yards that game. Okay. 18. Cooper Cup had 122. Okay. Who who, who was lined up on? You're, you're watching it. You tell me. They move him all over last time I checked. I know they put him in the slot. They put him everywhere. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't watching it. And this could, I could be putting my foot in my mouth right now. But well, I don't know if it was. When they're, in, if, when they're in nickel offense, he was in the slot. When they're in base personnel, he was the outside guy because don't forget Robert Woods was hurt. Right. That's why. I'm, that's why I said OBJ because I figured so, it had to be. All right. Let's go to the Cardinals game then. Go to the Cardinals game. They got weapons out there, right? Okay. So the last Cardinals game, their top receivers were well Connor, but Christian Kirk had ninety-one yards. He was in the slot. Uh, Moore had twenty-five yards, and Wesley. I think it's a tight end, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was there. Like six four, two oh six. so I don't I don't know how to Kirk. They had someone named Nope, that's Connor. Oh, Moore. Moore at 25 yards. So that's it. I mean, when's the last time somebody gave Mosley a challenge? I don't I don't even want to go to the Bears game. They barely passed the, the Green ball. Bay game. Okay. There you go. Let's go to the Green Bay game. Here we go. Green Bay, Packers. Devontae Adams had, oh, Jesus Christ, 132 yards. But Adams moves all over the field. I wish I had that game on here. Let me see. Hold on. Was that nationally televised? Yes, it was. Because other than Adams, it was Lazard with 42. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Vandez Scantling had 59. And only three receptions. With a long of 47. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Y'all going to put some respect on Mosley's name. Yeah, nobody. He, as soon as I turn it on, what does he do? He fucking pass interference on Mosley. <laughs> Come on. But no, but that hasn't happened. We had one penalty last game, Tony. That's damn. I should have put that in the perception versus reality. The lack of penalties on the defense. I should have put that in there. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, they said that did E Man play against the Packers? Yeah, I just saw it. He played. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you just Norman. Said it. I don't think Norman played. Uh, I can tell you. Give me a second. Josh Norman did play. He had one tackle in that game. Because Lenore, that in the same screen, Lenore was the outside receiver. Uh, Lenore had one tackle. Norman had one tackle. Mosley's not on here for any. Oh yeah, he is six. Damn, six tackle. They targeted his ass. All right, so maybe Mosley is responsible for the success of. Uh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Just a little bit, no? Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not watching it. You got it over there. I don't know. But uh I got I got faith in my guy Mosley. I'm I'm on this ledge by myself. Mosley's not getting beat up this week. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm not worried about it because they can put Thielen in the slot or the opposite side against uh, Norman. This is the first possession. Hold on. Let's go, Mosley. Look at him trying to find fault in my man. 
You can't follow. Oh, they're, they're, they're showing D'Amico Ryan's. Hold on. God, that game was ugly. Oof. Oh, that game was bad. We had seven penalties in that game for 87 yards. Jeez Louise. Oh, wait. No, we don't. I'm, I'm lying. We only had four penalties that game. They had seven. They had seven. Here, Listen to this. It says we had four penalties for 86 yards. It says penalty first downs, five. Is that how many we got from, from penalties? Because I guess so, because they got three. Yeah. They got three. Okay, three penalties, first downs for them. Okay. I I like Mosley. I don't think Mosley's going to be a problem. He's playing with a lot more confidence. He's doing the more hip-to-hip. Um, I'm really liking how, how this young man is playing, man. I really am. I wish he could shed I wish he could shed ta- uh blocks better, but you know, I mean it is what it is. He did that the matchup of whoever is on Jefferson is scary. That's I just feel like that as guy. long as they is if we can keep Jefferson away from Norman, I'm okay. Well they I'm I'm watching this now. He already flipped twice. Who flipped twice? Uh Adams. Well, no, but the Packers move Adams around. They use him the right way. They use him as a chess piece. I think Find they do with Jefferson too. They do they? Yeah, because there's been times Jefferson lined up in the slot. Ah, oh, shit. And then Thielen will come out in the slot, and Jefferson will be on the opposite side of Thielen. And look, Mosley's only allowing four catches, so y'all better make him good ones. That's it, man. I got nothing else for you, Tony. Man, I think we both think the Niners win. I think the Niners win by at least seventeen. You say that they win by a touchdown. Either way, it's a good day for the Niner fans, baby. That's all I got for you guys. Any any final words, man? Let's get some final thoughts and let's go home because my bladder's going to explode. Nah, I mean, we pretty much talked about it. Uh, my opinion, it's going to be heavy run, set up, set the tone of the, of, of the game, and then, yeah, Jimmy will be throwing the ball, but I think they want to set they want to set that presence. They want to make the impact on the first possession and and like you know screw around with the offense because your best defense is a successful offense that keeps teams opposing teams on the sideline opposing offenses on the sideline so if you're running the ball at a high success and you're getting you know like you know a high rate and you're having success off of it that's your best defense let me ask you this question really quick any chance just hear me out I know this sounds crazy. Any chance that they take Jimmy Ward and match him up with Jefferson? If they put Jefferson in the slot, yes. They can because then you got Huff and you got Tart. They can they can do what they want to do. Either that would be their big nickel. Because if we do that, Jefferson ain't doing shit this game. Jimmy Ward's coverage skills are so underrated. No, one hundred percent. But then, I then any good offensive coordinator would put Hufunga in an uncomfortable situation. Got to try to. You got to hope you don't get home then, because the only way you get to Hufunga at that point is if you're going deep. You yeah. got to hope that Bosa, Ford, Armstead, Key aren't getting after your quarterback. Then, bro, I, they they're done. There's nothing they can do this game, bro. I'm hype. Oh, I'm hype. We about to put our foot in that ass, bro. Everybody's going to be talking about us after this game. Everybody. Everybody. 
That's the chess piece right there. Jimmy Ward and Jefferson. That's the chess piece. Whether it's doubling or one-on-one, that's the chess piece right there. Yeah, but Jimmy if you Ward going to make that, it Huh? If you do that, that means K-1's off the field. Well, I mean, how often are they, are they using three or four receivers? Last week I watched them versus Green Bay. They they were in, they had three receivers decent amount of times. Yeah, shit. Well, because it was a shootout. Uh, we'll, so, we'll see how we'll see how it plays out, man. I really like Jimmy Ward. I think Jimmy Ward's coverage skills are underrated, undervalued, and he is a major chess piece in that secondary. I have all the confidence in the world. And the 49ers. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. My final thoughts are this. Did you finish your final thoughts? Let me shut up. Did you finish? Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm done. My final thoughts are this. This game is going to come down not to the players and not to the execution. It's going to come down to the game plan. The players are going to execute whatever the game plan is. I have confidence in that. It wasn't part of the uh, perception versus reality, but my honest thoughts are this. The 49ers have done everything that the coaches that have asked them to do. They said, and by they, I mean Kyle. Well, we got to protect the ball. The turnover stopped on offense. Kyle also said the defense has to give us more chances. We've been getting at least two turnovers a game. Then they said special teams have to do better. The special teams got a turnover in the last game. Nobody's talking about that, but they did. I think that as long as the coaches, as long as the coaches are in their bag and they call the right game, we will win this game. I don't think it's on the players. I think the players are motivated. I think the players are juiced. I think the fans are there. I think home field advantage is back. I think getting that first win at home was a major monkey off the back. That was Steve Young taking the monkey off the back of Jerry Rice. That's what that moment was. And now it's on the coaches to put this team in the best position to win. And as long as they do that, the 49ers will coast. Not just get to, they will coast. Cruise control, recline the seat, and relax their way to victory this week. I think the 49ers take out the Minnesota Vikings, and we win by at least 17. That's what I truly, truly believe. That's all we got for tonight. That's it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, man. Get that monkey off the back, man. Coaches, it's on you. Kyle Shanahan, get in your bag, bro. D'Amico Ryans, get in your bag, bro. What's that special teams guy's name? Hightower. Hightower, get in your bag, bro. We're going to be okay, man. We're going to be okay. 49ers by at least 17. Book it. Book it. Tony. Can't wait to get these wings to go, baby. Oh, God. Four rushes or less on the opening drive, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. We appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. We really, really do. Guys, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Tell somebody about us. And if this, if you just jumped in here, you didn't hear the whole thing, don't fret. It will be turned into a podcast. Download us on your favorite podcast. Whatever you use to listen to uh, podcasts, we are there. Just search nothing but Niners. It will pop right up. You can enjoy this episode as soon as we're done. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. I'm your guy, 49ers Mike underscore NFL. To my right is my guy, Tony. He is NJNinerFan499. Get on Twitter. Give us both the follow. And we are out of here. Prepare for glory. 
anticipate pain, but always remain faithful. We're out of here, guys. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. We nothing but niners. We nothing but niners.